welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Uh, thank you, Dennis, and uh, thank you, Daniel. Thanks, everybody, for made this possible. But, uh, I thank God for this opportunity to share today. And uh, I, I, as I see the little screen I'm looking at, I get to see Harvey and Angie and uh, Anak there with us. <laughs> But th- this is beautiful opportunity. I thank God for the chance to do this. I, I feel like a-, a person who's very blessed in recovery. I'm Gene T. For- I'm a rec- grateful recovering sexaholic. Uh, like he said, from near ab- above Dallas, Texas, and uh, my sobriety date is December the 30th of 2008. So I, I consider myself a rather newcomer. And I try to always be a newcomer or start my day and start my meetings like that as a newcomer. Um, my topic today is, you know, the the benefits or the gifts of recovery. And I'm going to start out talking that a little bit about my story. Uh, that to me, uh, I, I I don't I can't remember a time when I wasn't. Uh, uh, interested in lusting after women. Uh, and as I've gotten sober in SA, I find that the reason I never had contact with either one of my grandfathers was because most likely they were sexaholics too. And uh, I, I think I was born this way. Uh, personally, that's that's just my opinion about uh, the medical or uh, aspect or the medical approach to this disease that we have is that it is a family disease. It is genetic. And um, anyway, that's my understanding of it. But my experience with uh, lust is, is goes back as far as I can remember. And it's progressively gotten worse through my life. I've had consequences even early in life and, and even later on in life. I've tried many ways to stop lusting or, or actually I thought it was before I got to SA, I just called it the stop the acting out. And, and I love the word acting out because I learned that when I got to SA. But when I thought I was just crazy. Uh, and and that's confirmed too. I am crazy. And I love what Harvey says. He says, I'm here because I'm not all there. And that's that's me. It's, it's a brain disease. And uh anyway, you know, uh, I tried many ways as trying to stop what I was doing, and I stopped many times, but I couldn't stop starting again. Uh, you know, different ways, and I've, y'all know all the ways of trying to stop, but uh, and I don't have to tell you about that, but I had consequences that hurt real bad. Uh, one was a profession that I had that I really enjoyed, and uh I was, but I was laid up with a prostitute. I had the day off, I thought, and I, and and you know the thing was a real. I'm a real sexaholic uh, that you know I had sex with the prostitute that night, but she wouldn't have sex with me more than once, and uh, 
So she said her rule was she only had sex with people once a day. That's well, you know, that's logical. I, I'll just stay till the next day, <laughs> and yeah, we'll have sex tomorrow. And uh, you know, well, that made me uh, miss a an appointment with my work the next day, and uh, consequences all come after that. You know, uh, I'm gonna what I'm, what I'm gonna do with some of the benefits of recovery today. I'm gonna get to that here in a minute. Uh, is, is to talk about well, you know. Um, I look back on that today as uh, it was the worst day of my life, but today it was one of the best days of my life because it helped me get here. And uh, I, I had more consequences after that, especially with uh, my last 10 years of acting out was with internet pornography. And it, it isolated me so badly. It got to where lusting was what I was, was running my life totally, 24-7 every day. It, it gave me consequences uh, with work again and with family. It, so that uh, in December of 2008, my family asked me to leave the family, to get out of the house. Get out, get away from us. Uh, we don't want you in our house with our kids and my grandkids and that kind of thing. And so, uh, but my wife, you know, was going to help me. She did help me uh, try to find help. That was my commitment with her and the family was that I would make 90 meetings in 90 days, but mainly with my wife. And she's the one that actually helped me find SA because I was in another S program for a while. I did not relate. I felt like uh, there was no firm bottom line. I, I knew I needed a tougher bottom line when I, when, when I find, finally got to SA about a couple of weeks later and I heard the problem read. And, and the solution, that was my spiritual experience for me of step three. It was saying, you know, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever these people ask me to do or tell me to do or suggest that I do uh, for recovery. And, um, you know, I've been in another 12-step program before this one. That helped. Uh, it helped me surrender. It helped me say, uh, I need a sponsor. I need to work the 12 steps, and I, I'm willing to do that right now. And in other words, I, and I knew enough for myself with my addictions that uh, there's no half measures for me. I, I had to give it everything I had, and I did. And uh, I haven't found it necessary to act out with myself sexually or um, have sex with my, uh, anyone other than my wife. And I'm working on a progressive victory over lust since December 30th of 08, since it went the day I got in. And I know that's rare. And I consider myself blessed that way, that I, I did know that I needed to completely give myself to this simple program. And that's kind of my, my audience that I'd like to speak to today, those that might be on the fence those of you that might not uh, know or want to admit that you're a sexaholic, uh, maybe that you don't uh, really want to completely give yourself to this simple program. Maybe I, I want I want to, as, as Harvey would say, I want to seduce you into recovery. I, I want to hang the carrot out in front of you and say, hey, look, this is what it can be like in recovery. And, uh, 
What I've chosen to do with that, I, I, I picked up this uh, topic in August when people were at, uh, Dennis was asking me, you know, oh, what, what do you want to be as a topic? You know, I, I chose this because I was going to a lot of new Zoom meetings and I was hearing newcomers, uh, young guys in the program, people in the program saying, hey, uh, this is starting to happen with me in recovery. Hey, I like this. I like this part of recovery. And I started writing things down. I started uh, collecting things that people said in meetings. That uh, I said, yeah, well, I can relate to that. Or, or It doesn't matter if I can relate to it. What I was just, I love seeing the uh, benefits, the gifts of recovery start happening into people's lives. And so I wrote a bunch of them down. I'm going to read them right quick, and, and uh, I just want to share this with you because I have been so blessed in recovery. I, I, I can't uh, compare. I don't want to compare lives, but in recovery has given me uh, the opportunity. Because I've been sober, I've had the opportunity to help other people, and I love that option, that possibility, that uh, gift of helping other people. And we call it service work. You can call it whatever you want, but it, it, it gives me the chance to give away something I've got. And uh, but here's something, uh, please bear with me. And these are from people in meetings saying, uh, clarity of mind, uh, a people to help, a service to work, fellowship, laughing, serenity, change. Gratitude. Uh, where I am is quite good, a guy said. Uh, warm, gregarious, friendly. Uh, protect their sobriety. Uh, it is very valuable to a person. Uh, open up a safe place and love being in a safe place at a meeting. Honest, exclamation mark. Freedom from fear, shame. Uh, following directions or good orderly directions. Now, it's not a quick fix. No longer sad and lonely. A surrender. I like the community. I like the sense of purpose and opportunity. Promises as they shine inside and out. These say I'm I'm quoting people here. These are these are not old timers in the program. These are these are people rel relatively new in in program, but they they like the uh, the benefit of old timers, uh, our clear headedness, our time, uh, and clarity. Our disease folk forces us to clean up our act. Uh, have uh, many reminders that I have a loving and caring higher power, uh, a power that remind, reminds that I am not it, a higher power and reminders that I am not it, uh, a new appreciation of my wife. Five biggest gifts, uh, one person said, acceptance, humility, gratitude, and community. Um, and the final one, he said, is you. And, and this one one guy, sponsor, he, I loved it one day when he said he'd been sober about seven or eight months. He says, man, I'm a start. This, this is me. This is the real me now. 
he, he said, I'm, I'm feeling these feelings. And, and here's one thing he said. He said, you know, in recovery, I get to feel better. I feel my anger better. I feel my pain better. I feel my sadness better. You know, I have my feelings. I feel better. You know, and that's what he wanted to say. You know, that's just a way of saying it. Uh, he said, in other words, sex is optional. Uh, better loving, healthier body and spirit. Uh, more money. I, I could say some more about that later. Uh, more fun, real fun. A closer relationship with God, more peace, more freedom, more benefit to others, less selfishness. I'm not alone. A feeling of accomplishment. And, you know, and that's great. And, so, and so a little, get a little bit of sobriety going. That feeling of an accomplishment is wonderful. Uh, listen, I have character, more love for other people. More compassion, opportunity to progress. I have people to help me. Uh, give something back to people. One day at a time perspective. Uh, see how sick I am. That, that's what another thing uh, another guy said. He says, yeah, when you get sober, you can see better how sick you are. And I pause there. That, that's great. I can see better how sick I am. In other words, and uh, integrity, honesty, more open and aware, not so embarrassed, remove consequences. Relief to know what was wrong, quote, wrong with me. Uh, 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 books about what we are uh, uh, involved in. Uh, happiness redefined or real and alone and not feel lonely. I can be real. I can be alone and not feel lonely, he said. I have tools to learn how to not act out, have an amends process. I changed my life to accept I am a sexaholic and life is worth it. I see that I don't know what is good for me. <laughs> I like that one. I see that I know what's not good for me. I can see it. Uh, connect with my authentic self. I find in recovery, everything is connected. When you get sober, you can see better how sick you are, he said. I don't believe that God puts two people together to just help one of them. Again, I think I took that from Dennis on one meeting. You know, I can see where it says, uh, I don't believe that God puts two people together to just help one of them. I don't know where that comes from, but I love it. I hear that voice that is trying to tell me of reality. I I'm more as God wants me to be. I'm uh, more loving to myself that I, I treat myself better. I'm le less self-centered. I relate to God. Uh, uh, my relationship to God has changed. I have more trust. I started enjoying my contact with higher power. And here's what, uh, one I really like. A uh, fellow said, work was angry 
I flirted. I provoked anger in colleagues. It work was hell. And uh, it was very dark. Now I feel just the opposite. I love to go to work. I love my colleagues. I'm happy. So uh, there, uh, the last one. I'm almost done here. A clear conscience that uh, that that uh, I, I, I have a clear conscience, and I get hits that try to take it away. Uh, I'm a different person. Wow, he said, grateful for the worst day of my life. And um, th those kinds of statements, uh, uh, those are the things I wanted to share today. Those kinds of things I wanted to share, the benefits, the joys of regret. You know, we have our nine-step promises. We In Essanon, they have the gifts of uh, recovery. And, uh, and th those are all in our literature and all beautiful. And, they, and they, they are coming true. They do come true for us as we work the steps, as we live this program and start putting the principles of this program in our life. Um, that's that's those are promises though those do happen they, they happen to you they happen to me uh that's, that's what i like to tell uh, newcomers in i have some things i can promise you if you work, stay sober and work this program these will happen to you it's not just uh, kinds of uh, wishes or, or maybes these are promises these are going to happen you'll know a new freedom and a new happiness. You'll not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. You'll comprehend the word serenity, and you'll know peace. Wow, what a beautiful, what I like the best, you'll intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle you. Oh, man, when I was in my addiction and, and uh, not sober at all, that bothered me the most. I knew I had the the possibility of handling situations that used to baffle me, but they just tied me in knots. I couldn't react. In, in sobriety, I'm much better able to trust God, what God's doing with me and, and where God's leading me and uh, respond with what God's given me and uh, live it and do it one day at a time. I'm getting kind of close to taking some questions and uh, responding to you. I just kind of want to wrap it up uh, a little bit by saying that, uh, you know, and uh, when I got to SA, I had 25 years of sobriety in AA, but uh, I wasn't sober in this program. And this, this uh, my sex addiction was, was, uh, was it was killing me it, spiritually, especially spiritually and emotionally. Uh, my my spiritual condition, even though I, I was chemically sober, my spiritual condition was miserable. Uh, it took this program to to uh, when I got clean and sober off of my my, my sex addiction. Uh, it gave me a clarity that I could. I could start trusting my higher power again. I could start relating to that higher power. And matter of fact, I think this is what I say about our addiction. Uh, our, our as a you know as a medical uh, 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 look at it, it, it's a great disease to have. 
because the the medicine we take is is a is a regular healthy uh, co conscious contact with our higher power. Is that a problem? Uh, what a problem to have! That that's what it requires. You know that we're really blessed to have this uh, this disease because that is our solution. Uh, and we need each other. We need uh, God with skin on, or we need uh, c contact with one another. And I, I love I love that part of it. I, I see in, on my screen, y'all can't see my screen, but I see Dennis and Angie here and, and Thad and people. Harvey's uh, got a picture up there. These are people who are uh, my family, and you are all, you're all my family, and uh, you, you've helped me stay sober. I tell people it took an army to get me sober, and it takes an army to keep me sober, and that's okay. I love it. I, I do miss our face-to-face -face conventions and retreats and stuff that we've had, but, you know, I'm loving this period of, of Zoom uh, or this period of COVID because it's, it's given me... Uh, uh, it's given me more meetings. Uh, I, I like meetings. Uh, meetings, 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 meetings. Uh, Roy K says it always says it five times. And, and there's a purpose for that because I need a lot of meetings. It's because of Zoom. It's, it's, it's just worked out this year that I, I make a Zoom meeting at least one every day. And uh, we got one at night at eight o'clock every night. But I get to make a, make a meeting with Dennis very often. I get to make a meetings with Thad very often. Uh, uh, Harvey pretty often, you know, once a week with Harvey at least. And uh, that to me is a is a it's accelerated my recovery is what it's done. It's got put a, a fire under my recovery that I like. I really appreciate, and I, I hate to say it, but I, I'm 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 appreciative of this uh, of this virus hitting us. I, I, I stay at home a lot, you know, northern, and like all of us, most of us do, and um, it's made me uh, get closer to some people in our family. Uh, matter of fact, what started my uh, weekly my, my daily meetings at night with uh with the with the zoom with the sa program was last june i started working with on a family reunion with my nate uh my my belly button my uh genetic family and i got a a professional zoom account for the family reunion we had in june and they ran a special you know well, no, for one, if you got it for one month, well, you can get it for a year for very little price. And so I did that, and that evolved into a, uh, yeah, look at there. Uh, you know, I have learned, here, let me share with you my family. Um, my family has kept these secrets all our lives, uh, especially the sexual secrets. And this program has given me the freedom and the interest in finding out those secrets. And I found out that it's helped me because the medical model of uh, our sex addiction and, and be a family disease, I've learned to listen to the aunts and uncles over there whispering about what my grandfathers were like, how my my uh, grandfather, my my uncle, whose name I'm named after, my uncle Gene. My uncle Gene pulled my grandfather off of this woman in their house while their kids were in their house, where while he was having sex with this woman in their house. You know that kind of thing with that 
that grandfather uh, and the story of him coming into the kitchen and doing something vulgar with his my grandmother and then my aunt taking a cup and smashing it up the side of his head and <clears throat> all everybody screaming the blood flowing and all of that because of sexual stuff in her family. These secrets uh, have given me the freedom and the health to know how grateful I am to be uh, having an opportunity to at least arrest this disease at this time in our, our generation. And uh, I've got grandkids and I, I'm, I know how to help them better. I know how to help my son better, my daughter better. The, these things uh, mean a lot to me. And, and my, my grandfather on my father's side, I learned that uh, the, the family tried to keep the secret from me that he committed suicide. And I've learned to find out that it was uh, sexual stuff and that he had affairs and it was such a scandal and uh, all around the, the area that uh, he was just uh, tormented by uh, the, the pain that we have from, from this disease. And um, I never knew either one of my grandfathers, mainly because of this disease. It's a, and um, th that's okay. I, I, I can, I have people that are kind of my surrogate grandfathers today, much healthier people than uh, my actually fa my actual family was. And um, so I, I love my family. They're dear to me. I'm a better family person because of this program. Um, I mentioned uh, finances a while ago. I, I, I have a lot more money available today because my thinking is clearer. I've made better decisions in sobriety in the last 11 years of sobriety uh, about our family and what we're doing financially. And that's just given us more money available to, to be uh, sane and sober about it. Uh, it. It's made me be a better person around, around my family, especially around my wife. Uh, she's, She's in recovery in Essendon and loves it. She helps other women. I get the privilege of being in the house and listening when she's talking to some other Essendons, on the, and I get to hear what she tells them, and I say, right on. That's great. She's given the message of recovery, and we we all can give the message, but whether we're not in charge of what people do with it, but we can share the message. And the message is very valuable that we do, uh, and I love doing it. Anyway, that's where I'm at for now. Thanks about time to take some questions and try to answer something. I see some Q and A down at the bottom, and I'll let Dennis or whoever's uh, going to moderate this uh, help us out. Thank you. Wow, I, what a, Thank what you. a blessing, Gene. Thank you so much. I love you, brother. That was very, very powerful and fulfilling. So, if anybody has a question. Any of the attendees, they can click on the bottom of their screen. There's a little Q&A button. They can click on that, type out their question, and we'll relay that to um, Gene. So, Gene, here's your first question. Do you follow a particular morning or evening routine, especially spiritual? Thanks. Oh, sure I do. Uh, we all, all of us that have any time in the program, we do. We, we have to. And uh yeah, I, I've been doing spiritual routines all since I was a kid, but so it's not new to me. But in essay, uh, I, I stick to 
I, I read three readings, and I, first of all, when I first wake up, the first thing I do is a third step prayer. I'll take my time. I slowly go through and enjoy uh, the third step prayer. And like Tom uh, K. said, the first sentence, you know, God, I offer myself to thee. And I've got to pause right there. What that means and how that that's going to start my day uh, is is important. I, I, I do ser several uh, prayer, and uh, then I, I I usually pray for others, uh, a little short prayers in the morning, and I I do some spiritual readings. I read our uh, the real connection in the morning. I read two other readings, and and then I share them with some other people. We have some chat. Uh, groups going uh, on uh, our, our digital stuff, and I share those three readings with the groups, uh, three different groups that we have, uh, one of the women and two of the guys. Uh, one of the group is the women in our group, and another group is the men in our group, and uh, so I share those with them, and usually they'll be chatting back with me a little bit with that, and uh I go through the day. Several times during the day, I, I stop to pray. And uh, it's usually, if I'm very tempted for to lust or have resentment or have any fears going on, I pause. And there's usually a prayer involved with that. You know, and I ask God to help me with that. I, I, I thank God for that, too. So I let the day help me that way uh, as, as as I go through the day. I, um, I take those pauses. Uh, there's several times that I have colors that I choose. If I, I come across this color, it'll remind me to pray. I've got this is a crazy little thing, but there you know, that's what I do. Uh, I, and I have a meeting every day, and I always have a prayer that I pray before I have a meeting and I, where I ask God to get me out of his way. Uh, I ask God to be in charge of that meeting or, or lead that meeting or give me a, 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 you know, just his gifts that he has to give. And in the evening, I, I pray. I, I usually do a reading in the evening, and I pray for people that I'm concerned about that day that's come across my path that day, and uh, they're fresh on my mind. And I ask God to help me with my sleep, uh, my unconscious mind as I sleep. I ask God to be there, and uh, I, I don't want to. I tell God I don't want to lust in my unconscious mind, and I ask Him to help me with that. Um, those are kind of my routines, spiritual routines. I have some other special times that I like uh, meditation. I've started increasing my time of meditation during the day. Now, Harvey's given me a inspiration there and uh, I, I, I've used an app for for meditation for quite a while but I've taken it on myself uh, to where I'm up to where maybe 15 20 minutes <clears throat> 20 minutes a day of, of meditation and I, I really enjoy that time of listening of what God is trying to tell me and just calming down just getting the noise out uh, I meditated some before I sat and stopped and started this today I just took those deep breaths I took some time to meditate so yes uh, I definitely have a routine and uh, 
my my routine has changed and it continues to change it's an active ongoing dialogue with the higher power and with other people around me and i'm willing to change and uh modify that with time and uh that's that's my how my relationship with my higher power is is gone too it is it has changed and i like that that's really an ongoing uh dynamic dialectic uh uh, uh relationship uh go ahead uh, anything else dennis oh that's Hi, it Gene. there you go angie, go. Hi, angie. yeah hey great to hear you today here is a question for you it says hi my sick mind is telling me that using lust is so fun that I could never find this kind of fun anywhere else. It's scary, but I know it's just lies. My question is, what can I do with this? Is this normal? Oh, yeah, sure is normal. We're sexaholics. <laughs> I didn't get here until I was 62 years old. And for 62 years, you know, that was my whole way of thinking and acting uh, was just like that. You know, that I, I thought sex was uh, the best thing that ever happened to me. And, 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 and uh, you know, uh, how are we going to compete with an orgasm, like Harvey says? You know, but I, I, I can get just, just as involved and, and interested in recovery as I can in lusting. And uh, actually... Uh, like I said, I don't do anything uh, halfway. There's there's no half measure for me on anything. I, I do better and I feel better when I completely give myself to this simple program. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it. my experience with that is it takes uh, time. It, it, it takes and, and lusting like that gives you opportunities to grow. Uh, that's what lusting uh, opportunity, I think, triggers happens. It's just another opportunity to make a change in my life to grow. Uh, my favorite part of conventions is the fellowship. It's meeting somebody in the hall. It's, it's going down in the fellowship room, a coffee room. It's sitting around talking to somebody or catching up with somebody or, or, or a new person. Uh, it's not really the business meetings <laughs> or the uh, some of the, uh, a necessary breakout session or a coin I'm going to get or anything like that. It, it's a fellowship. It's like meeting Angie down the hall and say, Angie, how you doing, Dennis? How you doing? And, and uh, that that's, to me, that's joy. Uh, and it's not uh, the joy that bothers my conscience. It's the joy that I, I feel is uh, wholesome and healthy for me. Anyway, good question. Very good question. Thanks. Thank you, Gene. <clears throat> I'm currently in Narcotics Anonymous, seven years, eight months clean, working the steps there and didn't finish it yet. Can I just attend SA meetings and try to stay sober and work the NA steps and try to apply the principles on both addictions? Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, I think uh, that that's a, that's a good question, and and I think those of us have multiple addictions. Uh, my 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 kind of view of it is all of us probably have multiple addictions. Or uh, my, my my first one that were 
thought was we all have at least three addictions <laughs> And uh, I think Harvey mentioned some of that. And, and I heard Nicholas today was talking about that too. And, and uh, I knew for me, alcohol was going to kill me and drugs uh, was going to kill me the quicker. That's kind of Dave T's way of saying, which one's going to kill me quicker. <laughs> and, uh, I, and, <laughs> and in, I was in NA in 1984 and started kind of started a group in our local area, but the the treasurer kept running away with the money and wouldn't show up. So I, I knew that if I needed any long term sobriety, I needed to get into AA because that's where really the more sober people were. And and the treasurer did they didn't let them run off with the money. I mean they tried to, I'm sure, several times. That was a bit of a problem. That's kind of an early problem, but uh AA's really saved my life. And uh the whole, I'd say, uh, I remember today Nicholas said his, his, the alcohol, drugs, that, that thing it, that will, that is probably should be as a primary addiction. It will kill us. And, and we, I, I, if I were to go back to alcohol now or drugs, uh, you know, this program would, would take a back seat. You know, I, I, I would just, you know what they, what they do. They work. Alcohol works. It reduces my inhibitions. It, it keeps me from thinking straight. You know, it it gets me into people and places that places that I really shouldn't be in, and I'd be in trouble fast. And uh, it, that phenomenon of craving that comes with that is, uh, I'd have to deal with that as a primary addiction. Uh, however, uh, this the work with SA has gotten me closer to people and a higher power. They've gotten me out of isolation better than anything I've been a part of. And I needed that. I still need it today. Anyway, that I don't know. I would say, ask your sponsor about that one. <laughs> Get a sponsor and ask him those questions. That's a very good question. Thanks. I'll pass. Hi, Jean. It's Angie with another question. Yeah. I have heard many old timers, including yourself, mention financial benefits and growth within sobriety, not to mention the promise of even omit insecurity leaving us. I have seen financial success in my business during active addiction, and I'm worried that it will only decrease in sobriety. What experience, strength, and hope can you offer for someone in my predicament? Well, I say uh, it takes time in recovery for your clear, your thinking to clear up and your spiritual life to develop. You know, uh, healing has to come about in all three, physical, <clears throat> emotional, and spiritual. And as, as that takes time and develop and uh, it gets to improve uh, those kinds of questions. Because, um, see, f financial stuff is, is so directly connected to our spiritual life. Um, our, our pocketbook is our best uh, picture of where our spirituality is. Are, are, we, uh, are we being generous? Are we being... Uh, sane and, and serene about our finances 
And uh, is our spiritual life connected to our financial life? Or do we see them as totally separated? Uh, those are real good questions. Those are deep spiritual questions. I say also, you know, you need to uh, stay in touch with your sponsor on that one because your sponsor should know you better than anybody else. Those details of your life like that uh, should uh, be affected by your recovery. Uh, I, that's the way I'd answer that one. Thank, very good question, I think. Thank you, Gene. Um, you kind of covered this one. It says, after 10 years in SA, I'm trying to stop drinking. Is there any experience, strength, and hope on working the steps again on a second addiction? Oh, yeah, sure. Go, go to AA. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, get involved with AA. Now that That's um, maybe there's some hesitancy about doing that. I, I don't know, but I've tried to sponsor persons in uh, SA that were active alcoholics, and we didn't. We just couldn't get very far. the The alcohol kept interrupting the progress a person was making in recovery, mm -hmm. and uh, I could see it. And, and uh, if I tried to mention it to the person, they get very defensive. They start protecting their alcohol, and then. That, you know, their usage and minimizing, rationalizing, justifying, uh, all of that. And uh, just, just was limiting what the, the progress they could make in essay. And, uh, so I, that's just my experience with it. It's not thorough, but uh, I, I, part of my story is that I got sober in, in, in AA and I knew that I needed to stick real close to the program. I started volunteering at a treatment center, and and after a year or two of sobriety, I got went and got some training at Hazelden in Minnesota, and became an alcoholism and drug abuse counselor. I did that actively for eight years, and uh, anyway, that that's part of my history. Uh, uh, I really think. Uh, you know, a, a primary addiction like that is is serious. And, and uh, like uh, Nicholas is saying, too, a food addiction is certainly a, a part of a common part of our, our, our uh, uh, addiction uh, issues usually that need to be dealt with. And usually we all usually wind up dealing with those in our recovery, too. Yeah, multiple uh, addictions are not are not uh, uncommon, and uh, help with them really makes sense, makes good sense. That, that's generally my my answer. Thanks, I, I'll pass. Hi, Jean, it's Angie again. Um, there's just a comment, um, Dennis. You can see this too. It just says promise of economic insecurity. In my mind, that was just uh, maybe didn't hear correctly or something. Yeah, I, I was quoting from the AA big book there, you know, fee, it, the, the promise is fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. And that, that is the promise. A nine-step promise is not a first-step promise. It's not a third-step promise. You know, it's on there when you're have made your list of people you've harmed and you've gone and done them, started making amends to the people. Uh, 
I, I used to be so afraid of people that I had harmed. I gave them power over me until I made my amends with them. And as I, I got the opportunities to make those amends, uh, I was less fearful of them. And fear of the economic insecurity is not the same as having a lot more money. <laughs> that's, that, that's not the promise. The promise is that, you know, I, I will just lose that being so uptight about not having the money. Actually, I, I live very well, just not even worrying about money and then trusting that God is taking care of me. And by, my favorite little song is, the Lord is good to me, so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun, the rain, and the apple seed. The Lord is good to me. I sing that around the house sometimes. You know, I'm just grateful that God's given me all the things I need. And uh, I like to share with others. Thank you. I pass. All right. Thank you very much. So you said your family kicked you out. Have all of your family members forgiven you? My daughter-in-law will not contact me in any way, and it's hurting my relationship with my son and granddaughters. The two youngest are one and a half and three years, three months, and they don't even know who I am. I haven't seen my son in person in 15 months. We talk on the phone twice a week, but it's not enough. Can you share your experience, strength, and hope around that? Sure. I, I, it's painful to share. And I hear her pain. That 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 hurts. And, uh, that probably hurts the most of anything is uh, those people we love the most. Uh, that that relationship was damaged. And, and that's true for me, too. Um, um, I, I'm still the black sheep in the family, you know, as far as uh, uh, my nuclear family with my, my uh, wife. Now, my wife loves me and she's forgiven me. She, you know, that's beautiful. Uh, I, I have the privilege and the and the joy of that. But my son, is it, it's, it's a, that's the most difficult relationship in my recovery. I have made my amends to him, and it's getting better. It's very slowly getting better. Uh, my, my daughter has a, a, a better relationship, you know, because I'm sober. But it's taking time. Let me take, tell you, uh, here's a little example. When I, when I got kicked out of the house at time about eleven almost twelve years ago, uh, my wife immediately went and bought her own car and changed her will. In other words, you know she would cut me out of the will. I'm you know not a bit lot of money or anything like that. It's more the principle of the thing. But she changed her will. It, well, she didn't change that will until I had about seven years sobriety. So that that kind of gives you a little time schedule of things uh, you know how things might go. It's slow. Uh, it, this kind of stuff is a slow, I mean, and we, I have to earn that trust. I've, I've destroyed that trust in our in my, my relationships with people who love me most and are close to me. And if I expect them to, to just welcome me right back just because I'm getting sober, that, that's not realistic. It's more, it's really uh, quite, and it's quite healthy that I got to stay sober and earn that trust back uh, by learning to love myself and learn to lo really turn, learning to love them better because I was not loving them 
at all. I was I was totally absorbed and involved with my addiction that had me. And uh, this is a scary disease to a lot of people. Uh, to us too, it's a scary disease because it, it could uh, what damage it can do. Anyway, uh, I would just say uh, make good, beautiful relationships in this family with mm. people around you in your recovery now. Learn to be trusted there. Learn to love people there. Learn to love yourself there. Uh, and and that will show results all around you, no matter who, what relationship you got. Uh, develop more relationships. And uh, th this is a fact of life. We cannot choose our relatives. Okay. And there, there's been damage done there. That maybe I'm not in charge of them forgiving me either, but I can choose my new relationships today. And I do. And I like a lot of people in recovery a lot better than a lot of my relatives. And, and that's, I, I, that's, that's okay with me. That's fine. I, I need that. Thanks. Good question. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Gene. You know, Roy K wrote in a later book, about how he went years without getting ever see his, a lot of his family. And he'd never met his granddaughter. And years later, they had went up the driveway and was talking to his daughter-in-law. And out of the blue, she goes, would you like to take a walk with your grandfather? And he just, you know, was blessed by taking her little hand and getting that walk. And that was a gift he never expected to get. So what a, what a beautiful story. Go ahead, Angie, you're up. Uh, okay, let me say Gene. one more thing. One more thing about okay. that one. I, I've had a lot of experience with this in my recovery. I've been 36 years in recovery, actually, since 1984. And what I've found is that my, my kids or the people closest to me, they don't need me. They don't want me until they need me. And when they need me, I need to be sober and ready there whenever they want that walk with me or want that thing and they ask that question of me or need my, uh, you know, something they want to make contact. The other day, my granddaughter, who's in, in Hawaii, and we, we were going to go see them. We were going to go visit them because of COVID. We decided not to go. We'll go later, hopefully, if I live that long. But uh, she she wanted to get on Zoom. She wanted to get on Skype with me, and she wanted to ask me to share my experience in Vietnam. Oh, she asked. You know, and I, and I needed to be there. I needed to clear my schedule. And we had Zoom coming and all, Zoom coming and all that. I said, "No, my daughter, my granddaughter wants it right now. I need to, I need to be ready and sober right now to talk." And anyway, that was a beautiful experience. The spiritual experience is beautiful. Thank. Uh, next question. Uh, thank you. Okay, Jean. Uh, did you attend any twelve-step program for your finances? Or did your essay program just help that for you? Well, and, and part of my history, I, I studied to be a, a financial advisor. Uh, I spent several years uh, working uh, with a company to help people with their finances. And I, I got it all in my head. I, I passed all the credentials. I, I passed, got legal and, and, and all kinds of certifications doing that. But what it wound up doing was helping me 
of the most. When I got sober and my mind cleared up and I got clear on, on that kind of stuff, I was able to apply it to myself. So have I been to, to uh, yeah, I've been to a bunch, a lot of training on financial stuff, but uh, what helped me the most was being clear headed and being sane and sober in this program in my recovery that has helped me the most. Uh, it's helped me take better physical care of myself. It's helped me take better emotional care of myself and financial and, and relational and, and uh, family and spiritual care for myself. Uh, and, and and that's still ongoing. That's an ongoing thing. Good question, though. That's a very good question. All right, Gene, thank you. Our next question is, how is your recovery in AA different from your recovery in SA? And when AA is the parent fellowship and SA branched out of it? Well, that's a big question and a long one. But, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't really go plan any of this. Uh, it's way over my head. God has just led me through this. Uh I, I got fired from a job in uh, 1984, and part of my being fired was that I go to treatment. Uh, they gave me that opportunity to go to treatment in, in AA in, for my alcohol and drug addiction, and I'm, I hated it. I thought it was the worst day of my life. It was traumatic. It was terrible. It was horrible, but uh, man... It started recovery for me in my life, and it's made a, a great difference in my life. And uh, I don't regret any of it. But and and it took, uh, like I said, I was sober twenty five years in AA before I got here. I didn't want to be here. I didn't want SA. I knew I needed it, but I didn't want it. I wanted to keep you know acting out the way I was. I was so totally engrossed in lusting and acting out. It was running my life, my whole life. And, and I, I was a true addict because I was in denial. That first characteristic uh, of, of an addict is denial. I was denying. I would get glimpses of the truth, but I, I would fight it and I'd push it away. I didn't want help until I, I hit a bottom. And uh, it was a very painful bottom. Anyway. I don't know how better to answer that. You know, the history of AA is, is older, is better. It, it, and just read it. Read the history and, and, uh, of AA. It, it's in 19, you know, in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, you know, on up to where it is today. It just is what it is. It's a spiritual program. And it's a God thing. It's way over my head. And God led me to this program when he did. And, uh, I try to respond to that. I'm not in charge of that, but I'm grateful for it. Uh, that's that's the best answer I can give on that one. Good question. Okay, Jean, what did you add to your daily practice after you came to SA from AA? Well, the main thing I added was SA meetings, <laughs> you know, and uh, and when I first got started, you know, I needed this program. I knew I needed it, and and I, I was really relieved to be here. And it was a, such a help. And 
uh, the, in Dallas, they had the three meetings a week, Tuesday and uh, Friday and Saturday were the three meetings in Dallas, and it was a long drive to get there and back. And it was in the worst time of the hour, rush hour and stuff like that. I did not like all of that. And so a guy that and I that lived closer to me, we started a meeting closer to our house after I had about six months sobriety. So that was four meetings a week I made. And then after about a year later, we started another meeting closer to our house. And that, so that was like five meetings a, a week that I could make. And uh, I made a lot of meetings. That was the biggest help to me. And I started listening to recordings, you know, uh, of Harvey, uh, of uh, uh JSL, uh, 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 you know, all the conventions and uh, recordings from the past. And though I'd play them over and over, and uh, uh, those are the kind of things I changed. But mainly, I started developing uh, a relationship with a higher power where I was comfortable and, and, and continued to develop that relationship with God. Uh, the higher power that I choose to call God. And I'm not talking about necessarily a religious uh, kind of practice, but a spiritual practice on the daily, uh, hourly, uh, frequent uh, uh, condition. So an experience that that's, that's, that's a good question. Uh, and as I, as I progressed on in essay, I saw that I needed to change everything. <laughs> everything that I was doing, uh, all, all my media, every media that I, I was dealing with, I had, changed, I had to change all of that. Uh, all my devices that I was using, changing that. But first, when I first got in, I, I had, the first month, it took me a month to scrub all the stuff that I had and get rid of all, all the porn kind of stuff I had. Uh, it, it, I, I had a computer that was so trashed out with stuff, I, I just gave it away. I gave it to a guy and who could scrub it and, and use it. I, I, I didn't, I had to get, just give it away because I, I had no business with that thing. And, uh, I, I just had to start, you know, I had to make a lot of changes in my life and, and start questioning where was I having trouble with lust? What parts of my life, what my habits were having, what uh, things was I doing that were causing trouble with lust and start working on those. So, yeah, everything had to change, Angie. Good question. All right. Unfortunately, we're not going to get to all the questions, so I'm going to kind of condense the next three. Um, one of the questions came earlier about, uh, you know, how does he stop drinking? I think you answered that, and you can expand if you'd like. Go to an AA meetings. The other one is that peace is the benefits and gifts of this program. He, this individual had wrote quite a, a little bit about his experience, strength and hope, and that's his benefits. But the last question we'll get in today, and if you can think, who should a person, okay, when should a person be a sponsor after completing the 12 steps or before? Oh, before, I, I think, I think you could be a sponsor if you've got one more day sober than the next guy, um, you know, uh, it, uh, actually, that's the best way of us staying sober, starting trying to work with somebody, even if it's just being a buddy, even if it's just being a, a calling partner or somebody to call. Uh, but being a, a sponsor is, a, you know, I, I, technically, I, I would say if you've been through your fifth step, uh, you, you know, that'd be the best time and get you on through the fir first five steps and then 
well, that's a kind of good rule of thumb, I think, is good to practice uh, for to officially be a person sponsor, a temporary sponsor. That, All right, Gene. Well, thank you, everybody. Um, Angie, are you there? I don't know if uh, you want to do the closing. I don't see her. All right. Well, Gene, would you want to close us out with either uh, a program prayer of your choosing, and then we'll we'll close uh, the rest of the meeting out and give announcements. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Yeah, let's close with the seventh step prayer on page 116 of the white book. And uh, after a moment of silence, just to meditate a moment. Let's pray. My creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Please grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.